Hello and welcome to The A-List, the podcast that asks the world's top advertising professionals how they got started in the business. I'm Tom Chrisman, Chief Creative Officer at DeMassimo Goldstein, an inspiring action agency in New York City. Today, I get to talk to Cash Shree, Group Creative Director at Gyro, a global B2B powerhouse. Cash has a unique story. He was born in Singapore, raised in London, and has held jobs at some of the world's best agencies in those cities, as well as Sydney, Portland, and New York. He's worked at Wyden, BBH, Leo Burnett, Pereira Odell, JWT, Ogilvy, SSK, and more. He'll also talk about how he's been fired a lot and transformed from headstrong upstart to a kinder, gentler person in the process. He came to the studio, so we get to meet face-to-face for the first time. This was really a pleasure. Um, But first, let's talk about our sponsor. As always, The A-List is brought to you by our fabulous sponsor, Ad House Advertising School, and Cash is teaching there uh, for them this semester, starting this week. So he's our first Ad House teacher. Advertising Age called Ad House New York's newest, smallest, and arguably hippest ad school. Their philosophy, an ad class is only as relevant as the professional who teaches it. Ad House classes are taught by the best in the biz, such as Cash Shree, in the agencies where they work, such as Gyro. You get 10 weeks of classes for just 600 bucks. To apply, go to adhousenyc.com. And for the latest news, follow Adhouse NYC on Facebook. And now, my conversation with Mr. Cash Shree. Cash Shree. How you doing? <laughs> we finally met in person. We have, yeah. We've I feel like I've known you uh, uh, all of my career, and uh, we, but we've never met no, IRL. I sort of know you on Facebook. Yeah, yeah we but, know each other on Facebook yeah. now, and I think we have the same views on certain things. Yes. <laughs> and you play Sabutio, which is amazing. Oh, my God. I have a table. We have to talk. This is a whole other podcast, right. but I have a Sabutio table that I built with my son wow. that... Uh, you're going to love. Maybe we'll start a little Sabutio League. We should League do it. I used to play when I was a kid. City. It was great. It is so fun on the real table where I got. I bought like a. Anyway, the nobody base, cares about yeah. this. But uh, it's important. Sabutio. Sabutio is like. Look it up online. Yeah. Uh, it's a weird name for it. For it actually is a bird. Uh, oh, so okay. Sabutio is a falcon. What a crap name. Crap name. Yeah. It should be called table soccer. Yeah. Or table footy or whatever you want to call it. But anyway. My uh, one of my other one of my many passions that uh, keeps me from doing other things that probably would be more uh, useful yes. in life. Um, so, Cash, tell us where you grew up and and what it was like being a eight year old uh, Cash Shree. Um, I grew up in East London, Walthamstow, like the band E Seventeen. Yeah. Um, and uh, West End West End girls and East End boys. Or that's something right. Like that. Except yeah. I didn't get any girls. I was ugly. No. Um, <laughs> so I aspired to that. But no. yeah, um, yeah. So I grew up in Walthamstow and um, gosh, Enfield and sort of like northeast London. And, yeah. Um, just playing Sabutio. Yeah, playing Sabutio and uh, just uh, trying to keep out of trouble generally. Yeah. Um, and what did your What did your parents do? What were What was um, my parents? Um, Worked in factories. Oh. Um, um, actually, my dad was a TV repairman. So he started off in a factory and then he became a TV repairman. And then they owned a Kentucky Fried Chicken for like 20 years, which was, so I ate chicken oh, wow. for like 10 years solid. So they were entrepreneurs. Like your dad was kind of an entrepreneur. 
reluctantly. I think a friend was selling the business and they were so scared of anything. It's like, oh, but if we get this business, then we could lose our jobs. It's like you, you kind of have to lose your job to take the business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but they did it reluctantly and and didn't leave because they were reluctant for any more change. Yeah. So, so they did it and they kept that business for a long time and yeah. you ate fried chicken every day. Every day. It was lovely. <laughs> and it was Kentucky Fried Chicken? It Absolutely, was an American yeah. brand. Yeah. That you, that you were, uh, and there weren't many of them back then, right? There, no. Well, sort of by a... the time we bought it, it was there, there were a few. Oh, okay. The first time Kentucky came to England, because English food is kind of dire. Yeah, yeah. So the first time Kentucky Fried Chicken came to England, it was like... It was like someone singing into your mouth. It yeah. was so tasty. It's yeah. like this thing it's so good. tastes. It was, yeah. It still is. It's lovely. They don't make the grilled chicken anymore. The, I, I tried don't. to eat the grilled chicken and no, they, they won't they won't do that anymore. Oh, damn, because I'm on the protein diet, so that would have been perfect. Yeah, no, no you can't do that. Um, so you, what did you want to be? What did you, what, what was uh, what was school like? Did you go to private school, public school? Uh, public school. Okay. Yeah, so... Um, so that, in England, a public right. school was a private school. Oh, which is right, rubbish. But I actually yeah. went to a, um, a public public school. Was it? Oh, so a no, public yeah. public school, yeah, like a real a, a the American school. public school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, so I, I spent a lot of time uh, trying not to get beat up, um, <laughs> and pretending that I was understanding what was being taught to me. It's like, yeah, I wasn't very good at school. And you weren't very interested in, in learning. And, and... Um, I, I was kind of interested, but there was this like double edged sword. If yeah. I got interested in learning, then my parents would make me become a doctor. Oh, okay. And the last thing I ever wanted to be was a doctor because we hung around with them. They were kind of stuffy and awful. Yeah. You hung around with doctors when My you were a kid? My parents did. That's oh, what they aspired yeah. to. Oh, oh, that's no, what they were like. These are good people. They're doctors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so it's like, no. And so did you have brothers and sisters? No, I no. killed them. Oh, just, oh, you no. killed them all. <laughs> no. Um, no, I was an only child. No, you were an only child. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, what did you do in your spare time when you were you were this uh, you you were the kid who was trying not to get beat up? Yeah. So because uh, I was little, I was, I was yeah. little and skinny and brown, and not many people were little and skinny and brown in England at that point. Yeah. Um, so I, were you like the brown kid in a white class kind of a yeah, thing? Yeah. Yeah. There was. A, yeah. 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 Trying not to be noticed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but so yeah, I would I would I would sort of like. Um, my my parents would work all the time, so I was yeah. like brought up by a West Indian family. Yeah. So that so that became my family. Oh, so, okay. So if you ask me about like Trinidadian culture, I probably know it better than Indian culture. Oh because, wow! Yeah. So you spent your after school, you would go to this yeah. Trinidadian family's home and, yeah. and hang out there, your babysitter kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, and you would would you were you writing and were you were you uh, creative back then or? I was good at art. I was yeah. always good at art. Um, much to my parents' like disappointment, because like, oh, Never you want to be drawing on the street? Is that what you want to do for a living? It's like <laughs> that was their only like, oh, because they, they, yeah. that's what you're gonna do. Yeah. Um, so even now, if they, they they don't know what I do. I tried. Really? To, I tried to describe. Like one time, I showed my dad my reel because it was like right. it was getting somewhere at that point. I said, yeah. like, "Here's my reel." And he goes, "Um, so you filmed this?" I said, "No." He goes, "Um, you studied design. You designed this?" Yeah. I said, "No." He goes, "You wrote the words just do it." I said, "No." He goes, "So what the hell did you do?" <laughs> and it's a it's a very famous Nike ad that you're showing him. Yes. And <laughs> so um, yeah, they're deeply That's disappointed. That's amazing. Uh, um, what, uh, when did you first, what was your first job? Um, first job was after I left school, um, cause I went to learn design sort of very fundamental design when I was just left 
school. Oh, you did? Um, okay, you went was, right to school, so you didn't have a job in, so, in high school. Um, no, I, went, um, I did like a, a year and I was sort of a very vocational design course. Yeah. Um, and I thought I was doing design, but I wasn't. I was like like a finished artist come designing forms and just the stuff that no one wanted to do, which, right. was, which was fine. But I was doing that because I was paying to be a martial artist. Um, I wanted to be a kung fu instructor, and that's what I was doing. I was a kung fu instructor back then. Oh, wow. So um, you wanted to be a kung fu guy. I heard that about you. Sorry, my phone is... That's my mom calling. <laughs> hey, mom. Should I, should I answer? Yeah. Um, you wanted to be a... Uh, I'm trying to shut this off. Sorry. Okay. One second. Here we go. Power off. Um, you, wanted to be, you wanted to be Bruce Lee. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. And, and I... Because, I, 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 like, he was a little guy that could you know, look after himself. And yeah. I was a little guy that couldn't. Um, so yeah. I, I, I learned a Kung Fu style um, that was a very sort of hard Kung Fu style internal. They break bricks across you and you'd punch iron. It's very macho. Yeah. Um, but I realized that come like by the time I got to 24, 25, I realized that, you know, unless you're like making a real living at it, I, I wasn't one of those people making, I was losing money doing it. Right. So I thought I'd better go back and learn how to do my actual profession better. Yeah. So I went back to college to get a, deg a degree in design. Oh, wow. Um, and that, where, where did you go to get that degree? Um, I did my foundation at Newham Community College, which is where Neville Brody went. Okay. Um, and then did my degree at uh, Maidstone College of Art. And that is in London? That's in Kent. Oh, in Kent. Uh, and what made you choose design? Um, I was just good at art, so I thought it would be easy. Yeah. And it wasn't. Um, <laughs> That's funny. Um, but then you know, when I went to an art college, like uh, like the first time I went, I just cruised it. It's like because I had sort of reasonable taste and yeah. I could draw and I'd blag my way out of stuff. Right. Um, but the second time I went back, I was I was serious. I really wanted to learn it. Yeah. And that was the end of the 80s where everyone was just talking about, you know, like they could blag their way through anything. It was like, oh, yeah, this is referring to this and this is from this. It's like, right. But the, but the design is a piece of shit. Yeah. But they'll get through and it's like, Okay, I got to learn how to talk or do something where I don't have oh, to talk. Oh, interesting. And then I, I saw um, a portion of the course was for for advertising, and back then they weren't allowed to talk because your ad, you wouldn't be there to talk about your ad and explain what the idea is. They so just put it out, and it either worked or it didn't. Oh, that's interesting. And I thought, oh, I might be able to do that. Yeah. So that so, kind of connects back to I just spoke to Eric Silver and we were talking about his his way of doing things, which is you know you got to write these paragraphs and just send it send it to him, stick it under the door. Like right. that talks to that. It's, it's a it's sort of, it's you, but on the page. Yeah. And also because I just was so bad at talking. Yeah. I, I um, I write because I, I'm not very good at, with people. Yeah. They scare me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that, so that's how you chose advertising because it was like that's the one where I don't have to talk. Well, and then then what happened was there was a competition, some sort of national competition for posters yeah. or something. So I just put in a few ideas. Yeah, and I got like a couple of national finalists, and I thought, oh wow, oh this advertising looks easy. <laughs> <laughs> and what were? Do you remember what those posters were? They were horrible. I'm not going to tell you about them. <laughs> but they but they won, so they no, must have been better they, than they everybody were, else's. No, no, they were just. What were they for? They were for a. CFC free fridge. This is when like global right. warming was first noted. Yes, um, and it was like for a CFC fridge and what else? And some sort of like um, alcohol free tequila or something. It was right. like 
which is like the world needs the that. Yeah, a uh, alcohol because I think you know, like tequila can make you angry, but alcohol-free tequila will just instantly make you angry. Yes, but, yeah. yeah, that's crazy. If you're yeah. drinking alcohol-free tequila, you have a problem. Absolutely, you do. Yeah, <laughs> that's the brief. And the problem is the alcohol-free tequila. <laughs> Um, and uh, so, so you're in you're in school. You have these. You, you win this competition. Well, no, I got a finalist. You got a finalist yeah, a in the competition. Yeah. Uh, so that's you got the bug for yeah, thought, like, okay, oh, I'm pretty easy. good at this. Yeah. And so that's where you. What did you do next? So I thought, okay, I'm going to switch over to the advertising course. Okay. I switched over, and the advertising course. The guy that was teaching it left and went to St Martin's, which is a much better college. Am I allowed to say it? No, I'm in no, trouble now, right. I'm always right. in trouble. At that time. Um, <laughs> at, that time. <laughs> at that time. They've caught up. Yeah. Of course, yes. St. Martin sucks now. <laughs> yes. No, they, I don't know no, anything they, about they're still quite good. Um, so um, the, the guy heading up the advertising course went to St. Martin's, and our course was being taught by like an ex-typographer who never worked in advertising. Um, oh, wow. And he was like... Yeah. It was, it was kind of an interesting character. He was like a passive-aggressive... Um, which I got used to in the Midwest, but that was to come. Um, <laughs> you didn't know about it. No, though. at that point yeah. I didn't know. What, I just thought he's weird. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 I think he took a dislike to me, which is quite easy to do. Um, and then at the end of the course, or as we were getting to near the end of the course, he goes like, um, it was about four or five, because these two guys, they should go and work in London, but you, you should work in the periphery, like, you know, doing like um, ads for like car washes and stuff around here. And I thought, oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, how about just watch me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, so that was your first like little poke in the chest. Like yeah. you can't do it. Yeah. And then, and I sort of said, okay, I'm gonna show you. Yeah. And unfortunately, it worked because then I was the only one that got a job in London. Oh wow. Um, but I then would look for people to not believe in me so I could prove them wrong. Right. Which is yeah. like a really negative way of driving yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I would do. But that worked the first time, so it's gonna work yeah. every time. Yeah. That's so, funny. Um, and what uh, what do you attribute that to? What's the where does that where did that that like is that from the kung fu from the uh, from the from the martial arts from the uh... no I think it comes from like a pushback against racism yeah because that was racism right? yeah that if, was I, just I, I said that racism. in a very veiled way but that was basically racism yeah, yeah. Um, and it was like okay well if you don't have the choices that you should have yeah all you can do is work harder yeah. And push back harder. And and in London, advertising at that time, it was pretty white. Yeah, white men. Yeah, still is probably. Indra Sinha was there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and oddly enough, when I went to Ogilvy, I was sitting in an office, and they said, "Do you know who was in this office about five years ago?" I said, "No." He goes, "Salman Rushdie." Oh wow. Salman Rushdie's office. I was sitting in it. Was yeah. Like, okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And he was in advertising, huh? Yeah. Before he became he was a, a copywriter. Yeah. Yeah. So many of them. Um, the writers. Um, what? Uh, so, what was that first job? What was the first? Uh, How did you get your first your first actual paying job in advertising? The first job was like one of my external assessors from college um, said, "Yeah, just just give us a call when you when you leave." So I, I kept on calling him. Kept, and it took it probably took ten months before he goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, you." He goes, oh, he goes, "I feel bad now. You should come in." <laughs> <laughs> he gave me this job, and it was like, I mean, out of out of just a, a sense of uh, he had let you down before. Yeah, and he he kind of liked my book because he'd liked yeah. it, you know, um, during my uh, my my final show of work. Yeah, um, and the, the, he gave us a job, and it was thirty five pounds a week. 
Oh, wow. And it cost me £50 a week to get into work. To get there. Yeah. Oh, man. So you were losing money again on your first job. Um, What was in your book that you you showed? Like, what? Um, Do you remember any of them? It was all marker visuals. It was... um, uh, I think the one that got talked about, because like sometimes like agencies start to talk about an ad in your book, yeah, um, was uh, an ad that we did for Swiss Air, <clears throat> and Swiss Air at that time had like the um, the newest fleet of planes. Yeah, so we found out a fact that um, that Swiss Air would sell their planes to British Airways. So we um, we worked out the average of how old their their planes were and. Oh, roughly what age they'd be sold off. Yeah. And we said, um, after six years, our planes get a fresh coat of paint. And then you've got someone painting the British Airways flag on the back of a Swiss Air oh, tail. Oh, wow. And, and I think that got us noticed. That's like a great ad for a kid coming out of school. That is, and it comes out of research. How did you know to do that research? Who taught you that? Um, I think the, the the other guy working with me said, no, we've got to find out stuff about this. And yeah. also, um, th- my main education, it wasn't at college. It was um, once I left college, I did DNAD workshops. So uh-huh. each workshop, it's a bit like Ad House. Yeah. Um, each workshop was like 12 weeks, and I did five of them. So wow. that was my real education. And, yeah. And I got to know people like Nick Ray, um, got to know people like, um, oh, gosh, who else? There were some famous ones at the time. Um, I forget. Nick Ray was probably the strongest impression. Left yeah. Dave Waters was another one. Yeah. But, um, people that they would say, "Well, did you research it? What well, did you do this?" Is it, yeah. So you'd get it hammered into you because it's the XGGT. You know, what's GGT? You. Um, Gold Greenleaf's trot. It was Dave Dave's trots agency, the first person that started like the idea of a, a factory of creatives, which Alex Bogusby took on later. Yeah. And he was like a Machiavellian. He'd like play, get people playing games against each other, give one partner a raise just so the other one would feel bad, and then give the other one a raise later. Oh, I got to um, learn this. I got to learn this <laughs> whole was, thing. I'm not doing it right. Yeah. But super smart. <laughs> and, and, and he created a whole um, group of people that then changed the industry. Yeah. And so that was, what was it called? Uh, Gold Greenlee's Trot. Gold Greenlee's Trot. Yes. Okay. That became TBWA. They got bought. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I did not know that. I'm learning history here. Um, the uh, so the the idea of of research got put into Hammond you by into these you. guys. Yeah. And you know, I think so many so many people aren't don't know that right now. They just think, how do I make a great ad? And yes. they don't they don't want to do all the work up until then. Um, so how much research would you do? And how much research do you do now and how much research would you do before starting on something? And how do you do that research? Well, back then now it was, it's easy, there wasn't yeah. the internet. Yeah, <laughs> so you'd actually have to go in, look at companies and what they do, um, go find their brochures, go to their, go go there and actually yeah. ask them questions. Right. I remember Nick Ray was talking about he, he did some ads for Rolls-Royce back yeah. in the day. And um, he actually went into the showroom like – Nick Ray's from up north, so he he'd instantly be looked down on by anyone in the Rolls Royce showroom. Right, and he goes and he goes. So what's so great about these cars then? And they said, and first they look at him and he goes, yeah. like you shouldn't be here. And yeah. he goes, well, if you have to ask, you'll never know, yes. son. No, well, for one thing, and, and he started talking about how the car was made. And he said, like if you look at this um, wood paneling in the front of the car, he goes, that's from a tree that is numbered. He goes, and if that car has ever crashed, we can replace it with parts of the same tree. It's like, holy crap, that's, that's brilliant. Awesome. Yeah. And he goes, and that's what you got to do. You got to go there and you got to find out the real truths. Yeah. I think that uh, most 
people in advertising still to this day don't even <laughs> go to the website. <laughs> no, you know? That's true. Um, so, yeah. And the, I think the harder part now is there's so much information. You don't know w- yes. what to gr- – how to find those little nuggets. And so much of it has been um, – especially for a bigger client, uh, so much of it has been put through – public relations and the filters of like, you'll never find anything interesting anymore. Um, But yeah, going to the factory and actually talking to the guy who makes the car or makes the thing is is probably- Or a showroom or just getting people, just antagonizing someone. Yeah. So then they have to define what it is. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, that can't be any good. Why? Because like, think about the BMWs better than that. goes, no, it isn't. And here's why. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So just scary, like like making them mad and making them want to... uh... Might get slapped every now and then. Yeah. (laughs) That's fun. Um, Do you make make kids do that now? Your young people? I I, I always say, um, research what you have to do. One, because to be a good creative, you have to be a good planner. Yeah. And that's because there are so few good planners out there. Yeah. Um, which means you're at their mercy and you're a victim unless you learn how to strategize. Yeah. So you're at DNAD, you're, you're doing the, the ad house-like little classes. Uh, the, first, the first gig is from this guy who, who pays you 35 pounds. What was that job like <clears throat> and what was your first day like? Um, well, I thought, okay, that's it. Now we're going to win some DNAD pencils. <laughs> it's easy. We're in. Um, and then there was this weird sort of dynamic because we, we had some people in our team. Chris Mitten was there. Mark Waits was in our group at oh, that wow. point. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so there was some real talent. And I was like, okay, and so we just need to sell something. Yeah. But we didn't realize that it's easier to sell bad work than it is to sell good work. So we had a team that had been there for a year, Paul and Ted. And they hadn't sold anything in a year. And we thought, well, they haven't got a job yet. But as soon as you sell something, you get a job. Yeah. So we sold something, but it was a piece of crap. Yeah. And we thought, but, we, but we're in. We sold something. We sold something, yeah. yeah. And it was a piece of crap. So we didn't they, – they laid us off after five months. And oh, wow. It was like we almost – Who was your partner at that point when you say we? Uh, there was a guy called Johnny Megan who looked like Paul Gascoigne, the football player. I mean, so much so that when we went to the staff canteen, they said, is that Paul Gascoigne? It's like, yeah. mate – He's a writer. Do you think Paul Gascoigne would be working here as a writer? Because I was an art director then, because I thought I was an art director. Yeah. Um, where did Paul Gascoigne, where did he play? I don't know him. Um, he was, who did he play He's a for? soccer player. Yeah, he played yeah. for England. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't remember. My kid is going to hate, he's going to be so yeah. mad at me when he hears this. But he was, back then he was just known as Gazza. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah. I can't remember. I'm yeah. so out of touch yeah. now. Um, and so you got laid off after five months. Yeah. Were you like, yeah. oh my God, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I'm, I thought, I'm, I'm screwed, that's it. That's, because I was already a, 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 an older student. I was like, um, gosh, I must have been 29 at that point. Yeah. Um, so I thought, I'm screwed, that's it. And my parents are going, well, you know, you could become a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. No, only no. 10 more years of schooling. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and yeah, I'd have to go back to school to get the grades to get into school. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, I went to Singapore. Because I'd heard while I was at Ogilvy, uh, there was a team who had been there called Tang Shen Guan and Eugene Chong. Mm-hmm. And Neil French had like um, had hired them in, in Ogilvy in Singapore. And Neil <coughs> French, famous guy. I, I got yep. to meet him once uh, when I was at Ogilvy in New York. Uh, t- talk about Neil French a little bit. Like what, what was his thing? Um, he was uh, a character who went out to Singapore and kind of reinvented the industry out there. Yeah. Mainly with scams. Yeah. He would <laughs> but, make fake ads for things like uh, hair tonic yes. uh, and beers that didn't exist. Yeah. And, but it got 
it got the whole industry excited and it got Singapore noticed and it got Singapore winning awards. And, yeah. And, they and that's still a thing in Singapore, isn't it? Like yeah. there's like a problem with that in the ad sh- a lot of the ad shows talk about like oh Absolutely. the fake ads out of Singapore yes and well, I mean it's happening in Brazil now and India yeah. as well and many other countries but I think Singapore were ahead of their time Neil French was a pioneer <laughs> yes in fakery but, um, but they were ads for the newspaper, right? They were trying to get people to see how ads worked or something. There was something uh, no, like that. No, that came later. Oh, okay, that, that, that came that later. That came for XO Beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, XO um, Beer, yes. But at the start, they were just fake ads. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, but what happened is like, they got noticed, and then clients might start asking for them. And then creatives started changing and changing the way they did ads because they just didn't do the safest thing possible. Yeah. They started wanting to do better ads. Yeah. So then it started to impact the real work a little bit. Yeah. And Tan Chen Guan and Eugene Chong were like his star team. Yeah. So they came over to, or they got pulled over to Ogilvy in London, which was like the mothership. Yeah. And they thought they were going to do great there. And I think it was like they ran into the reality of like, oh, this is the opposite of fake ads. This is really bad ads and really hard to get really bad ads out. Yeah. So they were talking about, um, or they they had talked about when they were there, how easy it was to sell good work back in Singapore. And you were you were listening yeah. to that. They were telling you well, this. Yeah. I had the residue. Someone had told me, well, you should have heard about this team. They'd already gone back by then. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Who said it's really easy to sell good work in Singapore. So when I left um, uh, Ogilvy, or when they made me leave Ogilvy, yeah. um, I thought, well, like, I was born in Singapore. Yeah. I've got relatives out there. Yeah. I could stay out there and see if I can get a job. So I went out to Singapore to see if I could get a job, and I got offered two. Um, wow. And one of them was Because you had worked at Ogilvy London, so you must be, you must know something. Right? Yeah, well, something? hopefully, yeah, but yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that, did that help you get the job in Singapore? Like that um, you were I think my of... spec book helped me get the job in Singapore. Okay. Um, my, my The book that you know, I put together with real ads was still horrible. <laughs> um, and it was, it was only one ad. So um, when you got that first job, just to, just to put a point on that, because... I feel like that's really important. Like my first job at Ogilvy Direct, I kept making spec ads using their, at the time, you know, their SciQuest drives <laughs> and their printers and the things that you couldn't get a hold of. Uh, you know, the printer at home was terrible and, yes. you know, we didn't even have color printers at home at that time. But like using their equipment to make things. Yeah, or even a copy that went up to, you know, that went bigger than A3. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were doing that. You were still making fake ads uh, or spec ads when you were when you had a job. Absolutely. Yeah, it's important. Yeah, because like you you do work and your your soul was slowly being destroyed and your mind was atrophying. <laughs> so you had to do something. Like, yeah, I can still do things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so then you get into this like there's this disparity and you don't know what's right. And yeah. Hopefully, someone puts it right for you. Right. But um, so I was doing that and I went to Singapore and uh, I got offered two jobs. And I took the job with Chiat, thinking that that was going to be yeah. with Chiat. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so it took about four months to get my my uh, visa. And by the time I, I went over there, Chiat had been bought by an agency called Standard. And you know that something's wrong when your agency is called Standard. <laughs> but worse still, uh, Betsy Yamazaki was telling me that um, uh, Standard had bought low. So they were low standard, <laughs> which is just perfect. That's amazing. Where, did they really call themselves low standard? Yeah, yeah. they were a Japanese agency called Standard. <laughs> <laughs> or was it low bought standard? I, I can't yeah, yeah. But low standard—that's just perfect. that's incredible. So I went there, and then every week for 
for for products that have been around for years, it was a launch ad. It's like, no, yeah. let's do a launch ad for this fridge that's four years old. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. And let's do a launch ad for this car that's been around for like five years. It's like, okay. Yeah. And then all the ads that I'd, I'd go in with were rejected or summarily just mutilated, you know, just like... And then I found out that the, the Singapore government, because I was born there and I left when I was like seven months old, yeah. four years before they introduced national service, um, they wanted me to join the army. It was like, oh. look, just a minute, I'm, I'm English <laughs> and I left before you had national service yeah. and I was a baby. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. you've got to do national service. It's like, oh my God. Okay. And you were in your 30s at that Yeah, point. I was 30. Yeah. And I thought... Well, I'm not sure about that. I, yeah. I, maybe I should leave, and I and I left. Yeah. Um. And then while that was going on, someone was like, "I'm um, fighting for my uh, court case and stuff to try and get me back in." Yeah. So um, so before I left, I got to meet someone from the Ball Partnership because like yeah, um, Andy Neil Clark and, and Danny Higgins, yeah, yeah. and um, Norman Alcurry and Jim Atchison were all at the Ball Partnership, and and I saw these ads for Yet Kong. Um, and they were like really well written. And for what? For Yet Kong. It was like a a, a, a hawker store that sold chicken rice and stuff. Oh, okay. local food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a fast food. Yeah, restaurant. It wasn't a scam at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did that. This was, huge yeah. agency working yeah. for this little yeah. fast food. Um, but they were really good ads. So yeah. I, I thought I'm going to go and see the team. Yeah. So I went to see um, Andy Clark, who was on the team at that point. Wow. Everybody's got to be looking these things up. I hope you're all Googling the Ball Partnership, Andy Clark, yeah. Neil French. Uh, what was the name of the uh, of the shop? Because uh, I'm sure those ads the are ball somewhere. No, the, the little... Uh, oh, little, uh, the Yet Kong. The Yet Kong. Yeah. They were, they were great ads. And, yeah. and I, I went to show him a book and and um, he liked, you know, he goes, oh, this is quite good. He goes, I might show my boss. And I thought, wow, the Ball Partnership. Yeah. Showing his boss, yeah. it could be great. Yeah. So he, he took me to see a guy called Norman Alcuri, who bless him's dead now. So, yeah. But he was, you know, and he sort of looked at the book. And he goes, "Oh yeah, we need someone here." He goes, and then before he opened the book, he goes, "Someone good though." Um, so he that's amazing. It up, went through my book, all my ads, and um, then went through my um, and then asked me to explain my ads, and then went through my spec book, my right. my student book. And um, he said, like, so these ads that you've been doing, he goes, yeah, well, the idea was this, but it but it got changed to this. And then I went to another one. He goes, the idea was this, and it got changed to this. And he goes, well, whose fault's that then? He goes, well, that's other people's. And he goes, no, that's your fault. Yeah. He goes, that's your responsibility. Wow. You can't be a victim of all this. And that was a huge wake-up call for me. It's like, yeah. I thought if account servicing didn't sell it or if the planner had changed it, then, then poor me. Yeah. It's like, no, you yeah. fight for it. Yeah. So you were being too nice. Yeah. You were just letting people sort of change your stuff and be like, well, that's the way the world yeah. works. My job's to come up with just, ideas. And yeah. then it's up to them to do their jobs because they want it as badly as I do, which they don't. Yeah. They just want to get their job done and go yeah. home. Yeah. Um, so that's a huge uh, revelation. Yeah. That was a, that was a, oh, I've been playing the wrong game. Yeah. Um, so what do you change at that point? What what, what well, goes? What happens? What he did was he he then went to my spec book and he goes, <clears throat> okay, this book I like. He goes, I'd like to hire you based on this. I said, but I can't stay in the country. Yeah. So he said, okay, I'm going to hook you up with people in Hong Kong. So I went around Hong Kong and the same thing. And the thing is, I thought I was an art director. I was a horrible art director. <laughs> Me too. I th also thought I was an art director <laughs> yeah. when I came out. So I went to design school. I must yeah. be an art director. Yeah. Um, so I went around Hong Kong. They kept on offering me jobs as a writer. And I said, yeah. I'm not a writer. 
I'm an art director, sorry, but I think you've got me confused. Yeah. So did you write this line? Well, yeah, but I'm an art director. <laughs> well, what about this idea? Did you have, yeah, but but I'm an art director. So oh, okay. And they were trying to tell me my art direction sucks. Yeah. Um but in in, in being nice about yeah, it. Yeah. 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 So I didn't get a job. And I went to India and I worked in Ogilvy in India for six months. Yeah. But before I'd gone out there, I'd met Jim Atchinson, who took over the ball partnership in mm -hmm. Singapore. Mm -hmm. He goes, no, I like, I like your work. He goes, um, yeah, uh, keep me in mind. So I, I was in Singapore and someone said, oh, you know, Jim Atchison's left from the ball partnership to go to Beatty. Now, Beatty was the biggest agency in Singapore at that time. They had mm -hmm. Singapore Airlines. They had all the really big accounts. Um, I said, okay, well, I've been here for like six months. Maybe I should just write to him. So I wrote to him and I told him some of the ideas I've been having out there. Um, and, he, and he sent me a job offer because I think my court case had been cleared up so I could go back to the country. Oh, okay. And he said, um, yeah, he goes, I'd like to hire you. And he goes, and here's the figure, and you're a writer. And I thought, oh, there's a mistake. And I wrote back and said, that's a mistake. I'm, I'm an art director. He goes, no, you're a writer. I was like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore, so I'll, I'll go and I'll I'll clear it up when I get there. Yeah. You're still, you were still fighting. <laughs> yeah, I went to design school, what? damn it. Yeah, all that wasted time. <laughs> yeah. So I went there, and I was so scared at being found out for not being a writer. Right. That I was working my ass off. And and I started off on a retail account. Yeah. But I was also so busy trying to oh the other thing while I was was in India, so I'm not speaking in clear yeah, straight okay. lines, is I had nothing to do apart from work and come up with more ideas. Yeah. And just read all my archive magazines. I just read everyone and memorized them. Oh wow. So I was learning structures of how to do ads. Yeah. Um <clears throat> and that was like suddenly snapping in and coming How would in. you organize them? What do you mean? You would you would um, put them in like, this is headline-driven, this is... What are the different w ways to do an ad? Um, I would I would first go by the ones that caught my attention. Mm -hmm. So they were usually visual at that point. Mm -hmm. um, then I'd go by lines, and then I'd go by um, just anything that had something about it. It might have been an art direction technique. Mm -hmm. It might have been a way of writing. It might have been um, a whole different way of doing something. Mm -hmm. Usually it wasn't because it was archive. Um, yeah. But but it was like, okay, I'm starting to know who's doing what and from where. And then you would see the names and the uh, the, the agencies, yes. and that's how you knew yeah. where the good people were. But that actually reminds me that I left out a whole big chunk of story yeah. from England. Okay. Shall I go back? Yeah, 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 um, go back. So, <clears throat> Look, there was this um, folk. There are no rules, Cash. Okay, we have, we have nobody's telling us what to do. But you, but this needs to make sense at some point. I guess beyond so. outside, of, you know, outside. Yeah, inside my head, it all makes complete <laughs> sense. Um, so back in England, back in England, when I was trying to get a job, um, we got to go to um, GGT, which was it was still GGT then. Yeah, and Dave Trot had just been ousted like a few months earlier. Yeah. Um, but we got to see Nick Ray, who had been one of my instructors at um, the DNAD DNAD workshop. Yeah. yeah, and he was a hard ass. I mean, he was. Um, but we went in with our book, and uh, he said, "Okay, it's not bad. There's some nice bits in there." And he sort of gave us, like, "I want you to do this, and what was that about, and get rid of that." Yeah. He goes, "Well, I'll tell you what, I bet it took you like about a few months to put this book together, right?" And we said, mm, "Yeah." He goes, "Well, that's not much good, is it?" He goes, "I tell you what, come back for a new book next week." So we had to do seven campaigns in a week. Wow! And we did. And back then it was marker visuals. Sure. And, so we did it. And we so you just back. drew them on on pieces of paper. Yeah, sort of do them big, sort of visualize yeah. them. Yeah. But, um, um, and they had to look like a, of and a certain to, standard. To get to seven good ones, you had to write way more than that. Yes. Yeah. Hundreds. Yeah. Hundreds. So um, did you? Were you just 
that whole week not sleeping, yes. putting things up on walls. Yeah, we might have got 20 hours sleep that week if we're yeah. lucky. Um, if we were lucky. Yeah. So, and how did you pick what to do? What, <clears throat> what to, well, like, some things we had briefs lying around from other you know, things. Um, yeah. uh, sometimes, and sometimes we'd have to just go out and research. It goes, well, what about this? We're missing something like this. Yeah. Oh, we've got a car. Okay, what about something simple like a, like a food product? And wow. you'd, you'd say, okay, we want to balance it out. And, okay, then what about something easy like something indestructible? Okay. Yeah. Um, and we'd have that balance. And we went back. And he said, okay, yeah, that's not bad. He goes, um, he goes, I bet you had some briefs lying around, didn't you? He goes, um, I bet you had some briefs that you just redid or you had some ads that you'd taken out and you just made them a bit better. And we said, no, meaning yes. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, tell you what, come back next week with another book. And if you could do it then, then we might talk about a job. It's like, GDT, a job. We've heard about this. This is how it works. The third time you get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we went off and we had nothing. So we were writing, we were trying to research new ads, we were trying to look for new products, yeah. and I don't think we got any sleep. We came back, I mean, we could barely stand when we went back in the next week, but we were so happy because we thought we were going to get a job. Yeah. So we go there, it's Monday morning, and uh, we said, um, oh, we're here to see Nick Ray. And they said, sorry, he's been fired. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah. But, I mean, once we got past our... You know, thoughts of suicide yeah um we realized that we could come up with ideas like that yeah. just like you know oh you want an idea for yeah we could do it yeah it was like we just he just gave you up. a uh a crash course in yes. advertising yes and by could, scaring you into doing it by doing over it so much again. just like reps of like at the gym the yeah more you do it then you start to define yourself yeah so what did you find out about yourself and that, that that you could do it but what did you did you find new techniques? Did you find new? I think what happens is you learn. <clears throat> you go down so many paths that you start to get shorthand. I kind of know where that goes. What about there? There was something yeah. that we did for 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 cookies that would yeah. actually work for this car. Yeah, and and then all the languages gets mixed up and they all start to interlock and and you become more creative. Yeah, that's amazing. So that went back to that coupled with archive yeah. uh, in India. Yeah. And suddenly I was fast, but I was also better referenced. Yeah. And that's I find myself so many times when I'm um, trying to inspire teams going back to like, well, you know, British Airways did this one time where they had a guy talking to you from the screen and he was in France and, you know, the, somebody in the, in the audience actually jumped up and yelled... Francis, and then he turned around and said, oh, darling, you know, and it's like, yeah. you want to get away or whatever it was. And it's just like, it just kind of jumpstarts people's brains of like, you can do interactive things or you can do so many, there's, and I feel like if I didn't have those references, I wouldn't have the imagination that I do because yeah. I wouldn't know what was possible. Well, that, it's also, it's like permission. Oh, I could do that. Yeah. Oh, that's advertising? Yeah. Which makes today fantastic because, like, oh, that's advertising? Yeah. Oh, I could make this app that's advertising? Yeah. Or I could just make your, your, your journey through through security that much more smooth? That's advertising? Yeah. Hell yes. Yeah. That's cool. Where do you find references today for people? Uh, references meaning? To where, like, the archive magazines, where are they? Where, where do we find the work, the great work that's being done? 
it's still to some extent the award annuals, mm-hmm. although I can't say I've read one for like five, six years. Yeah. Um, and then it's culture. It's right. like what's going on in art. It's what's going on in writing. It's what's going on in TV. Mm. It's like what's going on just in, okay, what, how, are, um, how are businesses acting differently? Mm. Can that paradigm be applied to advertising? Mm. Um, I'm trying to use, think of an example that I keep using it. I, I keep like things from books, how you could bring a whole different sensibility to a way of solving a problem. I, I, there's, it's probably an um, old hat now, but there was that time where the architect got locked in a fishing village with all these fishermen um, during a storm. And by the time they, the storm was over, they developed a, a, a new type of net that yielded 20% more fish because these two groups of people came together. Oh, wow. So it's it's talking to people that are outside of your little world. Yeah, and just seeing how they approach something. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, okay, I know nothing about what you do, but there's, yeah. something, there's something that you've got going for you that I right. can steal. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Like there's like there's like trick that you did in this where I can steal it for this. Yeah. And and it will be completely different because this is a different thing. But um what do you how do you do that now? Like what do you do you just read the the times every day or do you like are there are there no. things that you do to keep your keep your brain on the um, different I listen happening? to a lot of people and I watch a lot of people. Like my son, um, who's annoying me horribly at the moment, but he's still Brilliant. How old is he? He's 18 and oh, a yeah. pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, but he's kind of brilliant because I, I watch how he consumes and I watch how he deals with brands and I watch how he um, aligns himself. Like he's involved with music, mm. but he's also involved with, because of music is involved with modelling and because of that he's involved with graphics mm. and because of that he's involved with movies. Mm-hmm. So, he's, so he's got things like he, he'll he'll build things um, that are for movies that but that will tie up with the music industry, that will tie up with the fashion industry, and it will tie up with how he consumes programs. Right. It was like, oh, this is kind of fantastic. And then, and then there's collectibles in it within as well as well. Yeah. So someone will have a name for five minutes, but that name can sell out a backpack just signed or with yeah. a drawing put on it yeah. in an hour. Yeah, and he's done it himself. He, he he's doing this thing now where he's he's spray painting clothes, and they sell. Within two hours, yeah, and it's like and he's, he's just putting them online, yeah, and they go, yeah, because and uh, and they sell because he makes music, so right. the two brands feed off each other, yeah. So that you watch that and you go, okay, something's happening here, yeah. I can't quite get it, but I want to play there a bit, yeah. And I think it takes making things and wanting to having that need to put things out into the world that are maybe not right away useful to people but just kind of your art. Yeah. Um, and I think everybody that I hire, I, I like them to have something else that they're doing outside of just making ads. Absolutely. You know? uh, are you the same? Um, well, for me, it was martial arts. Yeah. And I'm actually trying to write a talk for the agency at the moment of how changing the style of martial art has changed the way I operate. You like, went from what martial art to what martial art? From an internal silat style, which is a style where they just beat you with shit, yeah. and you can take it, and you just punch people really hard until they can't take it, um, and it's very macho. Yeah. But it's um. But if you think about it, it then develops what patterns for how you live by. So yeah, right. I would approach things. I would keep going. I'd go head on, head on, Smash head on. Into them, I'd yeah. win. Um, but 
I'd get beaten up. And by the time you get to my age, yeah. it's like you might as well be in a wheelchair mentally. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I took another style on about five, six years ago called Wing Chun, which is developed by a woman. It's the style that Bruce Lee did before he developed Jeet Kune Do. Uh-huh. Um, and it's all very soft. Everything's yielding, but you stick. Yeah. So everything you throw your arms out and you read, you listen. Ah. Oh. And then when the, when the client does something, you go in, yeah. but you don't back up. You yeah. just stick. Yeah. So what it does is it's a soft, soft reading sort of style. Yeah. And then when you go in, you move in. You move yeah. in fast. Yeah. But so you find out what the how does that how does that apply to to how you how you're working now? Well, I don't come in with the answer. I go in stupid. That's and awesome. if you go in stupid, you just listen. Yeah, and that that connects to something that you said. I read in a uh, article that you said maybe five years ago that um, that what was it? It was a, a quote. I wrote it down. People say that's a bad brief, but we don't know it's a bad brief. We're going to stay stupid. Yeah. What what does that what does that mean? Stay stupid. Um. Okay. It, it goes. I've said this a few times. It might maybe getting sort of cliche, but um. Um, it's new for me. Okay, that's good then. So Kurosawa um, had this thing with um, his heroes and his villains. Um, his heroes would always be kind of stupid. Yeah. They were always like trying to just keep up. Or if you, if you think about Seven Samurai, the main guy, the, the, the Tishiro Mufuni guy, was an idiot. Yeah. And he was posing, but he was getting better, but he never knew quite what was going on. Right. Um, so that those were his heroes in these films. They're always like just, just trying to grow. Yeah. Just, Trying to keep up, yeah. but the um, the villains were realised. They knew how the world worked. Yeah. They knew what was going to happen. They knew the answers, and they were trying to f- to use that to yeah. force things. Yeah, but then they couldn't grow anymore. Yeah, and there's a a, a Japanese thing called um, uh, green tomato, um, where as long as the tomato is green, it can keep growing, but as soon as it's red, all it can do is go rotten. Wow. So it's that the green tomato is stupid. Yeah, it can yeah, keep growing. Yeah, yeah. So it's like if, as long as you approach it with some stupidity. Yeah. And it's how you couch it. Certain, certain clients don't have an appetite for that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to you, you can't tell the client that yeah. you, I'm going to be really stupid. I'm stupid. stupid. I'm just <laughs> going to come in here stupid. And he's like, oh, yeah. what am I paying you for? Yeah. No, it's, I used to have it on my um, on my LinkedIn page. It's just like yeah. it said, so like um, stupid and. Um, <laughs> Uh, and, and irritating or something like that. And, it was, um, and like I was, I was talking to a Korean client and I said, but he's stupid. And, and he's reading off my link because how can it be right he here? He's stupid. You <laughs> <laughs> had to great. change that. Yeah, I had to change that straight afterwards. Um, but I should have had some, there was some, there was some danger signs there. So yeah, so that that's interesting that the, the bad brief thing, there, like there are no bad briefs for you. Uh, what does that mean? Well, if you go in saying it's a bad brief, yeah. then you're going to manifest that. It's going to be bad. Yeah. But if you're just saying, okay, here's a problem that needs solving. Yeah. What haven't they done yet? Yeah. Then you, you'll often turn what you think, what has been called a bad brief, into something good because yeah. you don't know any better. Yeah. That's and great. I've done that a few times. It's like sometimes like people go, well, how do you get those good briefs? It's like, yeah. it, it was, wasn't a good wasn't brief. It wasn't a good brief. <laughs> yeah. No, I've done it too. And it's, it's interesting. It's like... You just go, okay, that's what that. But I think I know what they kind of mean, but but maybe not. And then y- you just start sort of shooting. It takes more work is what yeah. it does because if you don't get the brief right, they say shit in, shit out, right? It's like yeah. then it's it's never going to be. But sometimes sometimes if it's not quite done, that helps to 
give you creativity, give you more leeway? What does it do? It's a chance to explore. Yeah. There was a, there was a, t- a great team at um, Pereira when I was there called um, um, Brett Beatty and Russell Dodson. Oh, yes. They I know. Really I know. Good. I know them. They were at uh, Crispin when I was there for like a month. I was freelancing okay. there. Uh, yeah. Um, just really like the, f- the funnest team around. But yeah. And we were talking about like, okay, how do you approach things? And he said, like, we always say, where's the rest of the brief? <laughs> so it's like, forget what you've got on paper. Yeah. What's everything? Yeah. Tell us everything. Yeah. And then once you start to know everything, then, then you can pick out what you don't want. But you, then, then yeah. you get what's between the lines. That the client's always trying to be polite and trying to look good in front of you. It's not tense yeah. everything. Yeah. Because then we know what we're really answering. Yeah. Yeah. I always ask for the uh, the client brief. Yes. Sometimes, you know, I'll be like, "What's the client brief? What does what did the client ask you to do?" Because I know you've tried to make it fun for me. Yeah. Uh, but what does the client really want? You know, and then you look at the client brief and you're like, oh, my God. Okay, this is like they want a lot out of this, yeah. you know. Um, but at least you know what you're dealing with. Yeah. And then and also there's it gives you more things to sort of grab onto and be like, oh, maybe it's that. Maybe that's yeah. the – if this is the real problem. It is defining the problem, isn't it? Yes. It's all, That's our job. One time we were working on Sunsilk in um, JWT. That's before mm-hmm. Sunsilk made their – Horrible mistake of trying to do the iPod campaign for hair, which didn't make any oh, sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we 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 got this brief, and it was like, okay, here's the brief. It's it's something like sounding perfectly okay, but we said, what do they really want? Yeah. And we pushed them and pushed them and pushed them, and what they wanted was hair porn. Yeah. It was like, okay, we want to see this fan. Okay. Yeah. You want to see them wave their hair about? Yeah. So we wrote a script with. But they were afraid everything. to say that. Yes, to you, it because they're they like, don't well, sound that's like a good client. Then. Yeah. Yeah. So you just went with it. Yeah, we said. went with it, and we did something called hair off. Um, and oh, and another thing that uh, JWT had sold them this thing about hairpiss—a horrible word. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Hairpiss. So we yeah. said, well, let's not go away from that because we've sold that in yeah. before we got here. Right. So let's let's embrace it. So we created hairpists. Yeah. And we created hair porn, and we created like, and then we had like two women who were waiting in the in, in the, the lobby of their hairpists office. Yeah. yeah. And um, they both got wonderful hair. Yeah. So one of them flicks her hair, and the other one flicks her hair, and it becomes yeah. like a hair off. Yeah. And then one of them clicks her neck because she it, it goes too far. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then the therapist sort of says like, you know, with great hair comes great responsibility. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's right, because he's got to give you the. Uh, it was stupid. The moral of the story. Yeah, it was stupid, but we got all the shots in there, and it didn't feel like a normal hair ad. Right. Uh, and so they got what they want, and you got what you want. Yeah. And that's such the trick, isn't yeah. it? Um. I feel like I've gone off off track. Sorry, okay, um, back on track. <laughs> what makes an agency great? You've worked at a lot of agencies. You've, I do get you've fired left a lot. a lot of agencies. <laughs> you got, you've gotten fired a few times. Yeah. Uh, what makes what makes a, an agency culture great? How do you know it's great? Um, when everyone's facing the same way, and you all know what you want, um, and it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, at Wyden, which I think is probably the best agency I've worked at. Yeah. And but you don't realise that until you leave. Right. Um, it's one kindness was there. Dan was incredibly kind. Yeah. And that permeated from him, and everyone learnt from him how to be kind too. Yeah. Um, he was a creative. Yeah. And he wanted more. And as and as reasonable as he sounds, he would push you to do something that no, that's not fucked up enough. <laughs> Like Jeff Williams, who was like 
really gifted art director. And he, and he talked to him and he sort of sounds stupid. Like he's got a deep southern accent. He goes, "Yeah, we could do something like that." Um, yeah. And it's like, and it's, it's speaking. It's really slow and, and it's in a drawl. And he'd yeah. come up with these obscure pieces of reference. Like we we're doing something for tiles, and he'd have he'd give me this bondage magazine. He goes, "Let's something yeah. like that." <laughs> oh, okay. And then, but he and it would be like really. But then he goes, "Oh yeah," and here's this poem. It's like, okay. But then he realised the guy's actually a genius. Yeah. And it's like, and what he's leading you to is just freshness. Yeah. So he's trying to fuck it up completely, and you pull it back, and then you've got something that's never been done before. Right. And he was your creative director? Uh, he was my creative director and a partner on a couple of occasions. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. And that's how he would try to, like, lead you to better yeah. work? Yeah, and I just thought he was a really random bloke. But He um... just thought he wanted to show you Bondage magazine. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We well, yeah. probably did. Yeah. <laughs> also. <laughs> but he was... Um... But even even with him, because I was terrified of everyone at Whiten, because I thought I got hired as a clerical error. Right. Um, so, no, this is the honest truth. Like, I got hired and I thought, okay, they're going to fire me. They're going to find me out and they're going to fire me. Yeah. So I had uh, my telephone list and my name was on the same list as David Carson, who was there at the time, yeah. and Jim Riswold and Jerry Cronin yeah. and like Robert Nakata. Yeah. And it's like, that's all I need. I can go now. I can, <laughs> it's on the same list. Yeah. Um, how did you get the job at Widen and Kennedy? What was, um, what was okay, that like? That, that's a, an interesting story too. So we were in Australia. Um, and we'd just come from Singapore where we'd been scamming like mad. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we got caught. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the Sony, the Sony uh, scam ad that, uh, yeah. Yeah. that got you in a lot of trouble. Yeah, yeah. That was very, very, very Or got made. the agency in a lot of trouble. Uh, it got us in trouble. The agency yeah. sued us. Um, yeah. Oh, they did? Yeah, yeah. That sucks. Um, but it was it was funny because like we we we, we were at Beatty's, like going back to Singapore at Beatty's. So yeah. first thing we did at Beatty's, like Beatty's was populated by ex ball people. Yeah. Um, and there was a, a couple of guys there. Like we were superstars. Andy Clark was a superstar then. Yeah. Tony Redmond was a superstar. Yeah. And, there was, and there were some others as well. Kai Ming was an, an art director there. Yeah. At that point. Wow. Um, and I, I just sat down with Tony at one point. And I said like, okay, how do I? Get famous, so I'm yeah. not going in a straight line, am I? Yeah. Um, no, is that was that a motivation for you getting famous? Yes, I wanted to be famous because um, I I, 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 just, I I took so long to get into any business where I, I'd know what I was doing yeah. that I just wanted to catch up, and I thought the way to catch up is to be famous, and then I can get someone could take a picture of me in a suit in a stairwell looking important. Yeah, um, yeah. because that's yeah. what advertising is about, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Well, that's what I saw in the magazines in England. Yeah, no, and you had all those archives that you yeah. had looked at, and, and, and that's and all, all it was, right? It's walls. all, yeah, and yeah, <laughs> they're always looking tough. Yeah, like, and they like looked, rock stars. That's right. I wanted yeah. to be a rock star. Yeah. So um, I asked Tony because Tony was a rock star. He actually was a rock. He actually sure. looked like a, he had like long blonde hair. That he was Tony. Uh, Tony Redman. He was okay. like impossibly good looking, uh, really smooth. Yeah. Ride on the skateboard. Take his shirt off because he was ripped. Yeah. It was like. <laughs> up until now, because in England I had this thick rule when I was when I was going in a, a DNAD workshop, I'd look around the class, yeah. and anyone who's good looking, I'd rule them out because they were just too smooth. But if they were ugly, I thought we had competition. Oh, interesting. And then Tony sort of broke that because he was yeah. good, but he was good looking and smooth and yeah, and articulate. And it was yeah. like, no, you got that seems too unfair. Much. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah. So I asked him. I said, like, how do you how do you get ahead? How, what? How can I be more like you? Yeah. Apart from apart from massive doing all of those sit ups. And, and, yeah. 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 And I was ripped back then. Oh, okay, you were. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, 
But um, and he said, um, invest in your career. He said, um, if your book isn't the way you want it to be, go get it photographed the way you want it to be. Go get it um, printed up the way you want it to be. Write it the way you want it to be. And then people know what you're about. Yeah. And we did that. And and, and he, got, he also said, like, you can enter it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which you did. Yeah. Um, but we learned that. So you were doing that with, with work that you had done and the client had bought and it wasn't great. And you were like, no, it should be more like this. Yes. And then you did it and yeah. then you entered it. And Sometimes. I mean, yeah. like, some, you go, oh, well, if it doesn't work for that client, what about a client that would want it? We could right. just sell it to them. Yeah. So we started doing that and it started working. And then what happened was we had this campaign that we'd done for Sony and they almost bought it and then didn't. And we thought, oh, shit, there was so much work. Into it. Let's sell it to someone else. Yeah. Because we were feeling very clever. Um, so we sold it to a small electronic store called that ShopRite. Sold, that sold Sonys. Yes, that sold Sonys. So we were like, okay, covered. Yeah. So we, we um, sold it uh, to them and they bought it and we got it run. So we were feeling really clever. Yeah. Um, and then we entered it. And we, and we realized that before then they'd enter like two things of ours and 20 things of the top teams. So yeah. we said, well, let's just enter it in 20 things. We'll pay for it. Yeah. So we did it. Yeah. And we didn't think anything of it. And we had some other work as well. Like we'd, we'd done an ad for, uh, for Mercedes and we'd done some ads for, for other things. Yeah. But, you know, we thought, okay, let's enter them everywhere. And let's, yeah. you know, let's, and we probably dropped about five grand. Yeah. And which was a lot of money for us back yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, we left and went to another agency in, in, um, in Australia. Australia. Yeah. And it got, uh, it got judged for the award shows and we had 23 finalists. Oh my God. It was like, you must have been okay, like, this is yes. great. Yeah. Like, yes, we're going to do all right. And, yeah. and then um, we it gone to Archive under ShopRite, but Archive corrected it um, and said, no, actually, it's for Sony because that's the logo on the thing. Yeah. It's like, okay. And there were there were lots of innuendo in the, in the ad. So like, because it was for the mini disc where you could put things together. Yeah. So we said, like, isn't it time Barry Manilow joined Kurt Cobain was one of the lines. <laughs> um, another one was, like, Michael found with new kids, um, which... Yeah. And they explained the line. So oh. Michael, who's been accused of paedophilia, <laughs> found with new kids. So it's like a saying that he's... And it's like, oh. So Michael Jackson's um, people Lawyers. rang up Sony and said, what oh, the fuck? God. Oh, am I allowed to say what the fuck? No, yeah. No. We don't. We, they said, you can say whatever they said, you want. holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Um, they went to the agency and said, do something about it. And they said, no, the team's already left. They said, do something about it or we're oh. removing the, 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 the account. So they sued us. Oh and, and then they went to the Australian award book and said, remove all of those ads. Yeah. And they were pissed at us. Yeah. Because um, so, it was like eight pages. Yeah. Um, so they said, okay, well, we can't take it out, but what we're going to do is we're going to leave it and said, withdrawn due to ineligibility oh. and left mine and Fackrell's name next to everything. Oh, and we were we were getting you know threats over the phone. We were getting it was like really? we couldn't do any. We couldn't move, and we were getting you know, and we were paying out money for this for being sued. So yeah. we were poor and being threatened. Oh, um, and then come the award show, which was in November, they were saying no, we think you should come. And said no fucking way <laughs> am I coming to that? Did you? What did, award show was it? This is the Australian Awards. because yeah. it covered Southeast Asia as well. Yeah, and they said no, we think you should come. And I said no. Sorry, no, not doing it. Don't, we really don't like getting punched. Um, and then, like, come the week before, they said, no, we think you should come. And we said, but and they said, come. So we went. And um, the thing is, is that um, 
we were, I was a little bit scared because I thought, you know, we're going to end up in fights. Yeah. And Fackrell's not a big guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I just started smoking. Everyone was offering me um, special cigarettes. Yeah. Um, and I was smoking them because they were special. Yes. But it got to the point where, and every time, and we started winning stuff for yeah. other accounts, like for right. Mercedes and for other Sony things. And, yeah. you know, maybe five or six things that we'd done. Yeah. And I kept sending other people up because you know I didn't want to get thumped. Yeah. Um, and then it it was up for copywriting, and I thought, oh fuck, I can't send anyone else up for copywriting. So I went up, but I couldn't. My legs kept on collapsing underneath me. So I realised that I had to walk at a certain pace because yeah. if I stopped, my legs would collapse underneath yeah. me. Yeah. So I just literally walked up on stage, grabbed the award, and walked off before I fell over. Yeah. And were you meant to say something? I was meant to say something. Yeah. Yeah. But all I could say was thanks. <laughs> And then what happened was that, um, uh, meanwhile, Wyden had gone to Australia. They'd hired Ned and Linda before, who were like a, a good hire for them. They said, we yeah. want some more people from Australia. Yeah. And we'd only been there for like, you know, six months. Right. So, so they sent our book in and then they got talking to us. And at that point, I was working on a book, um, which has gone nowhere because our source has subsequently died. Oh. But it was um, a book about um, how uh, ancient architecture ties in with the Vedas. There's like 5,000 missing Vedas that are just basically science. What's a Veda? Uh, it's like the teachings of Hinduism. Okay. Um, and they're just verses that you learn. But yeah. what they are is hidden ways of talking about the periodic tables, uh, oh. how um, how energy moves through the air, and all these sort of things that could just unlock everything. Yeah. And we had the person that had these Vedas. He'd learned them like parrot fashion from when he was a child. Didn't yeah. know what they meant. We had a person that could unlock them, but he was a huge ego. Didn't want to let them go. Yeah. But we could write down and make this book about it. And sort yeah. of like it could change religion. Yeah. Um, but then I got hired at Wyden because of that. And I thought, fuck it, I quite like writing Nike ads. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you got hired at Wyden from that book, from yeah. that book that you yeah, were writing. So. And you were just like, I'm just going to go write Nike yeah. ads. Yeah. Um, so you could have unlocked the universe, but instead you right, decided to write something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a fair trade. Yeah, no, yeah. that's good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's the. I think that's the quote <laughs> yeah, from the uh, from the episode. Um, so we went through awards. Um, what do you look for in writers today? What impresses you about uh, about creatives today? And how can somebody impress you? There's lots of smart people out there today. There are few people I find that can simplify things. So if you can make something complex simple, you've got my attention. And how do you see that in a in a book? Like what what's what do you look for? I still look for the sort of thinking where I could write like Hegarty put it um really well. He said, like, what's the back of the business card idea? Yeah. So what could you write in one sentence on the back of the business card as the idea? Yeah. And if you can't, it's still too complicated. Yeah. Good answer. Uh, and you're teaching at Ad House now. You yes. are you are our first actual Ad House uh, teacher. Um, and, you know, we like to say that Ad House is the place where you learn from the people that are actually doing it in the places where they're doing it. So how do you um, – what's your class like? I don't know. I, I used to teach about five years ago. Yeah. Um, and I enjoyed it. It was frustrating as well, yeah. but, um, but I enjoyed it because you just see different ways of thinking, people approaching things in different ways, and you just see people that aren't cynical. Yeah, they they want it, and you forget how privileged you are. It's like, yeah. shit, I'm complaining about the quality of the coffee, and this person just wants a job. Yeah, yeah. And w what 
What kind of uh, assignments do you give? Um, a, a mixture. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I give things that one I believe in, mm-hmm. um, or things that I don't believe in. Like at the moment, I'm setting a, a, a camp um, a brief which is pro gun and anti gun. Right. I want both. And you got to write both. Yeah, and you got to convince me both ways. Yeah. You can convince me one way easily. Yeah. You got to convince me the other way as well. Yeah. Um, um, so that's it. Work on that, guys. Um, try to try to. Uh, there's your brief. Yeah. Yes, it's um, coming. What makes a great client? What makes a bad client? And and can you make a client go from a bad client to a good client? Trust. Lack of trust. And trust. Yeah. Now, either the lack of trust is arrogance, and they don't trust you to know what they know or to care about what they care about, mm. or they've been burned and they don't trust you. Mm-hmm. Or you give them no reason to trust you. Like you haven't learned about their business. You haven't learned about what keeps them up at night. Yeah. And that goes back to what you said before about like learning everything you can about, about the thing you're working on yes. uh, down to the tiniest detail. Yeah. You kind of have to be like, a, like an information geek to be good at this, right? I mean, you have to be able to you're – the, you're the, um, I was always the kid who read – the entire uh, instruction manual of the board game or whatever. You oh, know? wow, okay. You have to be that kid, right, in, in some ways. Or just passionate about thinking about it. Yeah. Like, um, um, there's this uh, wonderful thing. I was doing this improv class for presentation because I was such a bad presenter, mm-hmm. um, and I had to go to class for it. <laughs> um, and one of the things I was saying is there's people that are interesting and people that are interested yeah. Now, the interesting people might be the person that buys a bike and it's like, it's $5,000. Look how interesting it is. It yeah. is interesting, but, yeah. but it's, you know, it's that shallow. Yeah. Um, but people that are interested, it might be something that you're not even interested in. It might be in like butterflies. Yeah. But their interest is, is so deep and it's so infectious yeah. that you can feel the passion. Now, I think if you have that, if you're interested in your client's business, mm. they can feel it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember working for Cliff Freeman and he was, uh, you know, I knew him as the guy who, you know, he was a silly, you know, he wrote funny ads. And uh, my first meeting with him and a client, his first thing was like, how's business? And it was like, what? What do you, what do you care? We're writing, <laughs> we're writing funny ads. He really did care. And uh, it was, that's where it all came from is he cared about the client's actual business problem. Yeah. Uh, and the ads were just a way of, of solving that problem uh, in the only way he knew how, you know? Speak, speaking of that, and it's tangential, it's not. Yeah. Um, when I first met Linus Carlson um, from, the, the, from the Swedes, mm-hmm. I expected a madman dressed in meat. Mm-hmm. And he was the most sensitive, considerate, yeah. sort of like measured. And it's like, yeah. no, I want my money back. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's how I feel about you. I expected you to be uh, kind of a jerk. I am. Because your, <laughs> your reputation is so that hard guy with the punching and the... No, I th- for, but, for me, I just ask the questions that I think need to be asked or yeah. I push. Yeah. And and it's usually just because of the work. Yeah. But, but it can put people's noses out of joint really yeah. quickly. Yeah. And it, it was... When you were younger, you didn't know how to sort of do that sort of no, softer. Uh, it was hard style. Of, yeah, it was just the hard style. Uh, but now you found your you found your way. Um, Sydney, Singapore, or New York City? New York. Why? 
um, openness, generosity of spirit. There's um, People ask me about England, and it's like, I won't go back to England because it's a mean-spirited country generally. Yeah. And you come to America. One, I, I grew up on, on American cop shows, so I was expecting to get shot. Yeah. I thought it was like compulsory that everyone gets shot. Matt's going to shoot you yeah. right after this episode, actually. Thank you. So uh, it would take the anxiety. I've been yeah. waiting for so long. Yeah. Um, but um, so apart from the fear of being shot, I was expecting everyone to be sort of very loud, a bit Trump-like. Right, um, yeah. Like sort of big and yeah. Let me tell you how the world works, kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, Not a leaker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's, um, Not a puppet. But, but, but it was just... Um, People were actually kind and generous spirited and, and, and yeah. even in New York, which was supposed to be a really harsh city, like I had a kid walking and they would just make room for him. It was like yeah. they would never do that in England. <laughs> so just the kindness. Yeah. As I get older, that's, I love that. that's the, the the main thing that's makes me judge people now, including myself, because I wasn't kind to myself, yeah. which meant I wasn't kind to other people. Mm. But I've I realized that more important than anything now is probably kindness. Yeah. And that's what you said Dan Wyden had yes. uh, a lot of. The pieces and, come together. Yeah. And if somebody didn't need to be kind, it was Dan Wyden at the time and yeah. even now. He could know, have he, been as he, arrogant yeah. as he wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Cash Shree. This is so good to meet you and talk to you about this. And Well, thank you for inviting uh, me. I'm... We could do another hour, I feel like, but uh, I want to let you time. go. And, <laughs> and we'll, do, we'll do a part two uh, of this interview soon. Well, no, thank you for having me. It's, it's been fun. I'm sorry if I was a bit boring. And you're at, no, you weren't at all. And you're at Gyro now. Yes, Gyro Which is, which is B2B. Yeah, I'm learning. How, how diff, what's the difference? Um, depth of understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, you're usually talking to very specific targets, so you can go much deeper. Mm. And, and sometimes like overly specific, which you don't have to be. Mm. I think B2B in the past has just been overly specific, but without any humanity. Right. Um, what we're trying to do is you can be specific but still have humanity in there. Yeah, because there's still a person who's going to be watching this or reading this or or experiencing it, right? Absolutely. Uh, and they are human, yes. not, not a business. Not yet. No, we're not advertising uh, directly to corporations uh, and the... And even those corporations are populated by people. Are they? Yeah, unless they're bots. <laughs> That's coming. We don't know. We don't know who they are anymore. Um, but thank you for, for coming on uh, the show and for coming down here. Thank you for having me. So that was my chat with Cash Shree. We went from, uh, you know, tasting uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken in London to now working as a group creative director at Gyro New York. Uh, a long, long road in there. We've got uh, Bruce Lee helped out. And a lot of names you guys should look up, including uh, Neil French and a bunch of others. Great, great uh, walk through uh, global ad history there. This has been The A-List, brought to you by Ad House Advertising School. I'm Tom Chrisman. Thanks for listening. Please rate us and subscribe to the show uh, on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, but mostly iTunes, please. And if you want to be interviewed for an upcoming episode, please contact us through adhousenyc.com. Lauren Slaff over there will be happy to talk to you. You can follow me on Twitter at Mongo Industries and check out the DeMassimo Goldstein Twitter uh, also at DeMassimo Goldstein, I believe it is, or at Digo Brands, maybe. And then our our website is digobrands.com. The A-List is recorded at Gramercy Post. You can find them at gramercypost.com. They're in New York City. Our engineer, as always, is Matt Stillo. And thanks for listening, everybody. 